Okay, cool. All right, everyone, welcome to another edition to In the Know with Cat Bobino. Today, my guest is very, very special to me. He is my cousin, Hammett Hawk, out in Florida, and he is a spine specialist for Stryker. So, welcome to In the Know, Hammett. Thank you for having me, Cat. Pleasure. So, can you give us your official title? Sure. I'm the Stryker Interventional Spine Territory Manager for South Florida. Oh, that is a mouthful. So can you tell us exactly what you do? Sure. Yes. I support neurosurgery, orthopedic spine surgery, interventional radiology, and interventional pain management physicians in treating conditions of the spine that cause pain, such as compression fractures or facetogenic pain, etc. Okay, so can you give us a little background on how you actually got into that type of field? Absolutely. Uh, I've done this for about seven years now in three different states. I started my interest in science, actually, when my cousin, my beautiful cousin Kat, yourself, had this, deep passion for, yeah, had this deep passion for science and applications, and myself, I was a broadcasting management major at that time, and then I decided to kind of shift that and wanted to get into sales aspect. So I sold Yellow Pages and sold pharmaceuticals for about four years of pharmaceutical sales and began with Stryker Interventional Spine in Kansas City and was able to work my way down to South Florida. Okay, so... Uh, you had a little bit of <laughs> like for science and stuff from your amazing cousin, Kat. And that yep. actually uh, started opening doors for you. So how did you feel when you made that tra transition from broadcasting to kind of working in the STEM fields with the pharmaceutical sales? Like how was that transition for you? Well, my first goal I like was to communicate. I, I like communicating and, and bringing information from one person to another, but in the broadcasting field, I wasn't really helping anybody. Media, I, I wasn't really truly helping. Getting into the pharmaceutical realm, I was able to help physicians have the details that they need for specific medications at that point in time. had a deep passion for it, and I wanted to help out even more and have a little bit more hands-on application. Therefore, in the medical device arena, we're integral in making sure physicians have the items they need for the patients, specifically on time. Wow. Okay. So you work primarily with physicians and surgeons, correct? Yes. And these are the people who are doing uh, assessments and surgeries and administering medicine with anything that has to do with the spine? Yes. Uh, their main goal in my realm in this, with dealing with the spine is to stabilize, to treat pain coming from any specific region of the spine, and make sure none of that pain is radiating to other parts of their body. So stabilization and support and pain management of the spine itself. So what they do is amazingly complex and they do so many other procedures but with my procedure it's kyphoplasty and vertebral augmentation 
specific to compression fractures of a vertebra. So we have 27 vertebrae, cervical, seven, thoracic, 12, lumbar, five. So proud of you. And then the, the sacrum, yep. And each one of those bones can collapse when we get osteoporosis, which we all might later on in life. And it's my job to make sure they have the tools they need to treat the pain and stabilize the fracture or vertebra as fast as possible. Or pain management can actually burn some of the nerves around the spine with radio frequency to eliminate the pain completely for a period of time. Wow. So, and you said you've been doing that for about seven years? Seven years now, yes, ma'am. And the... And how many years have you been doing it in Florida? In Florida, about four and a half to five years. Four and a half. Two and a half years. Yep. I started off as an associate, so I basically had a mentor, you know, like Miyagi and Karate Kid, <laughs> yeah. right? So I was Karate Kid with less less skills. And, and I had to pay my dues and cover the entire state of Kansas, from West Kansas, Hayes, Dodge City, hometown of White Herb, all the way to Kansas City and towards Columbia, Missouri. And that would be like a five-hour drive in the morning, cover an hour-long case, a five-hour drive back home. So I would drive 10 hours a day sometimes. Wow. Wow. Daily. Yeah. So five hours a day just to do one case, to talk to one Sometimes case. 10 hours a day. Sometimes, Yep, just one case. Sometimes two cases. I'd have to map out my day perfectly so I could strategically execute and get to each position and place in a timely manner with product or to support and service that physician as needed for the benefit of the patient. Wow. That is amazing. So um, when you were doing broadcasting, could you tell us a little bit about the experience you have of broadcasting, how it may have helped you or may not have helped you in the field you're in now? You know, the communications major is a great major um, for, for, for people uh, that want to get into that field and help out. Did it help me relative to where I am now? I can't say it did. Most of what I've had to learn and master had to be through an application standpoint. Um, I've been trained by over a hundred physicians when I was just a pharmaceutical rep, just to get a clinical background specific to certain disease states. After that standpoint, going through the two and a half years being an associate sales rep, that was integral to me just mastering a very focused, specific procedure so I could specialize in it. So broadcasting helped me when I got my first job selling advertising for a year with Yellow Book USA in North Alabama, mm -hmm. covering a lot of towns in, in, in North Alabama, um, which I got a lot of love. A lot of people down there in North Alabama and West Kansas were extremely supportive. Uh, you'd be amazed at how supportive and, and nurturing rural communities are. It's, uh, it's a beautiful thing about our country, I'll say, that that doesn't really get the attention they deserve, mm -hmm. and hence why I never really and you know immediately we ignored those towns a lot so <laughs> <laughs> okay so um communications that major 
you start along the path and then you realize that maybe that really wasn't for you. So now that you are into pharmaceutical sales and you've had all this mentorship and you've learned this one type of disease that you're helping, is that only in Florida? Do you plan to stay in Florida with that or is this something that you can move around the nation and do? Well, that's a good question. I could do this job anywhere in the country now that I've been that with my experience level. I will say that one of my goals to get out of Kansas, as much as I loved Kansas, <laughs> one of my main motivations to get out of Kansas was uh, to get to a major city and, and uh, have a more intense competition level. So I learned Spanish through Rosetta Stone, and now I'm here. Oh, wow. At the moment, while I'm yeah, while I'm here, I feel like I've mastered Spanish. I'm learning German just in case I would like to go abroad and do this in Europe. German is like one of the base business languages of like eight countries in Western Europe. So long term, a training role, mentoring and training new reps in another country. I would love to do that. That's probably my long term goal, but extremely happy here. I'm learning from some great national thought leaders as well. So that's been amazing. Yeah, I, I sometimes don't think that people realize that German is a large uh, language for business, but it's also a large language in the science realm. There's a lot of things that happen in, in Germany or in the German language that um, we get a lot of materials from. So I think German is a good language for you to learn if you were to decide you want to go into another country. Um, so... Let's go back into, typically we go back into um, the history of someone, like their past and when they're in high school and if someone uh, inspires them. But it seems like your inspiration came more in college and then after college. So is there anyone in particular that inspired you once you decided to become a pharmaceutical rep, so that this was really what you wanted to do and it caused you to just follow it with tunnel vision? Anyone in particular? Anyone in particular, I would have to specifically say that there was a class, TCF 390 at the University of Alabama. I was just finishing up my football career as a walk-on at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and I had two reps from CBS sales reps, advertising sales reps, come and talk to us. And my personality type was very specific to their personality type. And at that point, I wanted to get into the pharmaceutical realm. And they basically said, well, you'd have to pay your dues first, sell advertising, show that you can service and handle accounts. And I knew it was a stepping stone to get into the pharma realm. And from that point, everything took off. So once the passion starts, like like with you in science, and um, as soon as you uh, with Stephen Hawking's, and I saw you, I was so proud of seeing you measure the moon and <laughs> and and since in that competition, I was like, oh my god, that's amazing, you know, taught me something right there on the spot. So it's those little moments where details and application are so strong and specific that it enhances your mind. You're able to expand your mind and just get further detail and apply it to help somebody to help somebody in this field is the most rewarding feeling in the world. Now, these are my surgeons doing the work. Mm -hmm. I'm just there to provide those extra specific details, millimeter, more lateral, 
a millimeter more medial, uh, um, more or less the cement working times this long, et cetera. We're augmenting an implant of a vertebral body to a certain amount. Wow. Those specific items at the right time are what I live for to be able to deliver for my customers, for my physicians, for the hospital, for the surgery center, and for the patient. And to me, that I, I live for that. That is amazing. So um, you kind of didn't answer the question, though. Who? Who was that person who, like, really who? <laughs> got you into this? Was there is there one person? And how about that? Is there one person, or was it like a group effort? That is such a well. I, you know, I, I will say I remember you at, at University of Alabama at Stillman, and you specifically said, like, like you were just like science all the way, boom, <laughs> and I was like, man, I was like, I. I like science. I love it. But if I start that, if I switch my major to this, A, I'm going to, four and a half years is going to be. Six and a half years. And B, those science classes, they get deeper and deeper and deeper. And then dialing in. So I did take a shortcut to get around all that still be in the field but yet not have that md behind my name and but i get to learn from him and i've got notebooks upon notebooks of notes that i've taken that sometimes i know i'm taking notes sometimes they don't but those notebooks are worth the weight and gold yeah so um well thank you for the shout out but when you talk about what you're working on like working with the spine and going medial or lateral or going and talking about vertebrae and vertebral stuff and i mean you sound like you took the anatomy and physiology class with me when we were in college, but instead, you know, you learned it while you were on the field. And now, I mean, you already had a love for science, so it's amazing to see that you're able to learn it on the field. And for other people and other people who might be in college or in high school to see that, you know, you don't have to have this linear path, or maybe you don't even have to technically take a STEM class because you're going to learn it in the field if this is something you might really be interested in. So would you... No, I tell you... Go ahead. Go ahead. Continue. No, no. no I'm sorry. Say, I what, what would you tell somebody who might be interested in pharmaceutical sales and learning something like this? What would you tell a student or anyone younger than you who might oh, be interested okay. in? I've got a good answer for that. All right. I've got four little brothers. Right. And the four four brothers, I should not say little anymore. They're all in their twenties now. <laughs> so, no disrespect to Hakeem, Hanif, Hassan, Hisham. They're great guys. Um, as the oldest brother, I do feel like my number one most important goal was to find whatever passion I could see subconsciously they had and try to help them master it or take that pathway so they were satisfied and their skill set blossomed. So, you know, obviously I don't have an older brother, but I'm sure I would sometimes not want to listen to my older brother. I'd probably have a little bit of a whatever. That's that's natural. Yeah. Beautiful and it's natural. Everybody's trying to, you know. But at the end of the day, passion, 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 passion. When I see 
one of my brothers that's passionate about engineering and making things since birth. He's, you know, the kid's always trying to put things together. You can see that he's mechanical, and that would be something that he'd gravitate towards and probably dominate. Some are more creative and artistic, using the right hemisphere of their brain, more or less, and wanting to create, stop time, and get in the moment, and like just create masterpieces, graphic design, etc. That's their goal. Now, I would have to say the most important thing that I can do, or that any one of us can do, is for those entering high school, college, finding out that passion and just kind of letting, you know, not pushing them in that direction, but letting them know, hey, this is your passion. You're great at this. Oh, my God. I can I can see you right now being a neurosurgeon taking care of patients with brain tumors, cancers. I can see you right now being an orthopedic spine surgeon and, and fixing these fractures with an osteoconductive cement very specific to that fracture. You know, it's, um, it's just... Uh, you know, we're in the game of finding people's passions and, and, and letting them blossom. You know, some countries actually find that at an early age and shift them in a certain regard. Oh, shit. Uh, looks like we lost Hammett for a second. Let's see what's going on here. Hello? Oh, my goodness. Oh, okay. Thank Sorry you. about that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, had a, okay. had, a, had, a, had a phone call come through. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> Yeah. So anyways, at the end of the day, we got to just help people find that passion at a young age. Right. And I guess teachers can see that sometimes. And we... Somebody is really trying to get in touch with you. Oh, I'm going to have to edit. Okay. Well, wait a second. That's the last time that'll happen. I, had a, <laughs> All right. I answered and shipped them off inside the time. Great. Okay. So. So, all right, let's get back into um, what we were talking about. So. If someone, if you were to identify a student who would be great at doing the type of cells that you're doing when it comes to working with physicians and surgeons, what type of student would it be? Would it be someone who has a passion in communications and talking with people, someone who might have more of a passion in science, or do you feel like it'd be a combination? Like, what would you look for for someone to do the type of job you do? All right, I would want someone to be somewhat flexible. Uh, in other words, uh, they would dip their hands in other fields to, to find out what they're like. Uh, I would like somebody that wanted to get into med school, that had those aspirations, but had an expressive personality, maybe an expressive and analytical personality with a little bit of driver. Uh, so that way they would master the science find the passion for the field that they're in. And at that point, uh, that expressive and that driver aspect of them would be able to just deal with people okay. in general. Okay. So, so I would look for those personality traits. Okay. So someone who's kind of, who's 
who has that um who has that intelligence for the medical terms, the medical career, but also is very personable, very outgoing, someone who can go out and talk to people about all kinds of things. That's what you're looking for in this type of field. Yeah, a quick learner that's expressive. If they jumped into science, any science major or medical major or try to get with a medical background, that would be a plus. But more or less, someone that just has good attention to detail is expressive, uh, great communication skills, and passion and work ethic. Anybody can turn into anybody with a good bit of passion and work ethic. That is so potent. Okay. Passion. Wow. <laughs> So um, let's change gears just a little bit and talk about with this type of um, position that you have, you know, I know you, so I know some of the things that you do outside of work. So what would you like to share with the audience that you get to do outside of work? Beautiful question. Sometimes I like to go to Dairy Queen and just have ice cream. (laughs) Okay. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, what you know? What I like to do now, besides working out a lot, because it keeps my mind sharp and keeps that that feel of life or death sharp. You know, you're running a mile. You're like, this is it. Yeah. I'm going down. <laughs> I like to play guitar. Okay. I love playing the acoustic guitar. Trying to learn a new song. It's challenging. It's relaxing. The details involved in the, the, the muscle memory, it really, it's like challenging and relaxing at the same time. So that's what I like to do okay. in my spare time. Anything else? Well, here's the thing. With Stryker, you know, I'm kind of all in with this company. And at first it was very stressful, but now I'm so obsessed with performance in this field that I have a hard time in my time off and my relaxing time to not jump back into work, read this clinical article that I just had a question about to get more details so I can be ready when I get put on the spot for a question where I don't have a clear answer. So that's kind of where I'm at now. It's in the realm headed towards aspirations towards mastery of this field is what my goal is now. So then what would be the pinnacle for working at Stryker? Like, what is that ultimate goal that you have for them? The ultimate goal that I have here, besides metrics, awards, etc., mm-hmm. is literally to have as many people in my industry tell me that I'm a great mentor. I've helped them out. Um my goal is literally almost the perfect case, the perfect kyphoplasty. You know, uh, where we relieve the pain and we res- try to restore the anatomy. In other words, if a compression fracture of vertebrae is compressed, mm-hmm. it's fractured like a, you know, like a like a square cardboard box that's compressed. Right. To get in there, to get in there with our balloon, kind of lift up that implant as much as possible to stabilize the anatomy and to get some cement in at the right time, whether it's our silica osteoconductive cement, cortos, so it can stabilize that fracture and actually bind to the bone, or our PMMA cement to just get the perfect kyphoplasty done 
98% of them are great. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, I, there's just nothing wrong with trying to make perfect better. It's a good thing to chase because I'll always be chasing it, and it's just going to make everybody better. Awesome. So your ultimate goal with working at Stryker is to make sure those who have osteopains in their spine is actually comfortable. Yep, to make those patients that have a visual analog scale of pain, like, ah, oh, scale from 1 to 10, oh, it's a 10. I want that down to a 1, 0. After the case, oh, my God, I feel great. Mm-hmm. On a lateral X-ray, MRI, so let's say the patients were taking a film of their spine from a lateral view looking at this angle, it's called sagittal plane, that we've restored the anatomy or restored that kyphosis, that mean kyphotic angle, somewhat millimeters matter. And the, when we can do that, we can take care of the function, the pain, and the anatomy, the trifecta, boom. Well, that sounds amazing. I'm so very proud of you. And, uh, and one of our... Go ahead. Go ahead. But one, okay. of our, one of our main mottos at Stryker is working together with our customers to make healthcare better, okay. more efficient, less costly, just dialed in. So we take that seriously, very seriously. Okay. So what I was going to say was basically we were coming towards the end of our time, and I wanted to give you any last thing you wanted to say. I don't know if you wanted to add anything extra to that than saying, you know, you guys are making people feel good and working with the average person, but... Is there anything else you want to say to anyone listening about what you're doing, how to get involved in it, or anything of that nature? I want to tell everybody out there just to find your passion, follow it, get better at it, keep digging deeper. I love my company, Stryker, because of the fact that if there's something out there that we think or a physician thinks is a little bit better in time, we will either master that or do that even better like the cortos the silica cement for our vertebra right mm-hmm. you're talking level level one data level one data it's the best data that you could have clinically two-year follow-up on a large amount of patients and so the fact that we actually now have that data chose our company's passion to dig deeper and to take something that was already good and make it great and work together with our customers to make healthcare better, you know, and it's, it's just, just got to keep doing it. Got to win. Execute. Boom. Bam. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I want to say thank you to everyone who tuned into this episode of in the know with Kat Bobino. If you have any questions or anything you want to talk to uh, Hammett Hawk about, you can send them to me, and I will send it on to him, and we can see if we can get those answered for you. So, again, thank you for tuning in. Until next time.